Vision I see in my head, a melody buried deep into my soul. They call us crazy, we cutting the edge, unlocking the future and letting it go. This is a calling that's higher the time we decided our stories are gonna be told. This is where legends are born, we paving the road, a future that favors the foe. Break the rules, break the laws, this is the moment we change it all. Break the rules, break the laws, this is the moment we change it all. Yeah, greatness, yeah, it feels like greatness. Woo! Greatness, yeah, it feels like greatness. Legendary in the making, reach out and we take it. Not to emerge, we on the verge, and it feels like yeah. greatness. because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. I remember that for 100 years they have sent their armies to destroy us. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! <laughs> Covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Mernier. Welcoming in fans and survivors of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast. I am Zach Heilman kicking things off on this wonderful 4th of July. Welcoming you all in for those that are tuning in and taking your time on this special day that we celebrate uh, America's uh, birth ceremoniously, that is. Uh, but also getting to tune in for some arena football discussion. Glad to have you on. Glad to be back in studio. Coming back here from a uh, vacation of sorts, if you would call it that, from the USFL. Still watched all the NAL games. Trust me that. I did not lose any time with that. And we got plenty of other stuff to talk about because of uh, various different things and some very exciting and uh, surprising results to games in this past week of action as it is episode 116, NAL Rebound Week 13 edition. Let me bring in my co-host here kick things off and get this thing really rolling it is my good buddy pal co-host man that makes these wonderful graphics videos he is the he is the shefter of the nal it is jim mernier joining me as always jim glad to be back and uh on a show i'm sorry i had to miss you and steve last week let's just say uh you know event planning is hard <laughs> <laughs> it is hard <laughs> you left me you left me, man. I, I left you. On, look, I, I, I get you and Steve. You got, you had a little Jacksonville party. That's all. That's all it was. That happens. It really happens. But it's glad to be here. Fourth of July fireworks. Very explosive episode that we're gonna have. Um, for most of the people who watched us or follow us on our platforms, you know what we're about to talk about for a majority of this first half of the show. Then we'll break down the two games and uh, we'll have a firework of uh, an out. Uh, not really 
like, yeah, we're going to have something that you want to stay at to the end of the show that will uh, cap off your 4th of July, especially here um, on Inside the Walls. Remember to follow us on all of our social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, NationalMarineLeague.com. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm missing anything else now. But uh, happy 4th to everyone. As you know, as the thumbnail of this uh, show, hashtag still here. And I've told Zach before we break down a couple of things that I'm going to make a statement about this stuff. As you know, me and Zach have built a reputation in this league, uh, covering this league, giving you guys the factual information as much as we can get uh, by confirmed sources. So when Zach was enjoying his time with his other endeavors um, in Canton, Ohio this weekend, myself and a couple other individuals uh, were completely trying to do damage control, you can say. Unneeded damage control. So now that we're here, live 4th of July, on Inside the Walls podcast, you don't do that if you got your walking papers. You don't do that after you. someone says that the league told people to go home. Or that two major franchises, historical franchises, are folding to join another league. Or two teams in our league are joining forces to head to a league out west. Four days ago, post happening everywhere, bashing the National Arena League and the Jacksonville Sharks and the Orlando Predators and every team that's associated with, was getting bombarded by false rumors. And I keep telling you guys out there, if it doesn't have Inside the Walls logo on it, if it doesn't have Smoking Guns podcast on it, it doesn't have an NAL logo on it, or it has anything, any NAL team's logo on it, the information is BS. In the words of owner John Chaney of the Orlando Predators, it's BS, but the whole word. <laughs> Just honestly. So when we get constant text messages, phone calls, emails from players – coaches former players and former coaches coming up and going what's going on and i have to do damage control but the funny thing is and i laugh at zach we talked about this before if you have reliable sources and you sure enough your sources are reliable you don't start deleting such posts after you get conflict from the people who are actually connected to the league What's also funny is the sources that I know who are sources in the National Arena League are also getting blocked by this certain page. And then this person goes in defense. And it's kind of funny because I'm not in the business to call out individuals. There was a certain website, what, last year that completely folded because they were notorious of reporting on BS. Honestly, I'm still waiting for the 30 expansion teams the NAL is supposed to have from two years ago. What, what happened? What happened to Vermont? What happened to Baltimore? What happened to Maryland? Like, what happened to Virginia? What happened to Nashville? Like, where were all these expansion teams? That site said it. It never happened because, honestly, for us, the two announcements we made were West Texas and Fayetteville. And two years ago, it was San Antonio. Where were the other 29 teams that say it was going to be expansion? Also, this page and this went out, out of the way and saying that current NAL teams are not paying players. B, yeah. 
dug into it and found out that was also BS. What's funny about the situation is that people get attracted to that page and think it's headline news. It's breaking news. It's funny when I get players that message me, coaches that message me, say, who's this dude? What's this? And I go, it follows the same narrative of a previous page. What's strange is I have a lot of respect for this community. Zach does too. And me and Zach can blast these people's names right now on this show. And people will know who they are, but we won't. Because we responsible for the National Arena League, a league that was supposed to close its doors four days ago, uh, a league that was not supposed to play games because the players knew that the league was folding. Yeah, um, it's amazing how much BS gets sent and spread. And what really aggravates me is that this page blocks people, that unblocks them and says that we don't block you when – Hate to break it to you. I know most likely he's listening or one of his little partners are listening. It's some from some magazine that copies another major brand magazine. It's actually like a photocopy who hijacks posts from legit websites and puts on his website. It's not calling you out, though. Or is it the same MO as a previous website? These are the people who are ruining the game. And these are the people that for me and Zach have to go do their, you know, clean up the, the work, the damage. So I tell you this to the listeners and our, our viewers and our supporters. If I'm not saying something about it, if Zach's not saying something about it or smoking guns out of San Antonio or even the owners. One thing I loved about it, Zach, I don't think if he knows this, a lot of the owners clap back at that dude. On Facebook, and he's like, "You don't have sources, dude. You're talking to the owner of the team." Well, I, I think that they first. First off, I think that that's one instance where I think you are allowed to def, you are allowed to defend yourself a little bit more publicly because of the fact that you have it's it's one thing to say that your organizations are doing certain things, um, and that you're going to see your league fall apart. Mm-hmm. It is another to then make it to where you have it goes farther when you have people believing it. And I think that's when, that's when you have to step in and say, let's, we really need to start pumping the brakes. And, I, and you know, I don't, I don't even, this isn't even an NAL issue. Like, that's, what's funny. It's like, we're just talking our, our, our league. Like we're talking like both the big leagues getting caught in the crossfire of just, I think blatantly poor reporting. And that's, what's so sad. This isn't even an NAL thing. This is like an indoor arena thing that people all, have been that people all stopped and went, uh, excuse me, what's going on here? And supposedly one account that people have that just enough folks buy into made everyone believe that we're going to sit here and see the entire ecosystem of this sport just collapse and reshape that drastically. Now we've heard mergers before, but like, come on, we're talking like full on half of another league leaving we're talking our own league folding to pieces i'm just saying let's chill and i I, i've been i'm I'm amazed at how how much this spread no what gets me is espn's going to air games and they're going to air it on youtube (laughs) like what (laughs) that part got me too when i saw that i lost my shit (laughs) i was like there is no way that's happening Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, when I see it, I got to call it. I do apologize. Um, but the one thing that amazes me 
is that one little story of that gets spread and it's like wildfire throughout the community. Just not our league, every single league. It's a massive nothing burger until you have people start buying into it. And then we have to go, guys, it's nothing. Why are, why? Like that's, that's what's nuts. Like this community deserves so much better than having people buy into stuff like, you know, having to talk about collapsing leagues, talking about, we had, we had, we had a person t- posting about NAL representatives crying at their office desks because they were packing up and leaving. Like, really? That like, ser- are you serious right now? Damn like, it, man! Like they caught me. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude! Like I'm having like I'm I'm not paying attention as much as you during like my last weekend, but like I'm reading this, I'm like, come on, who is buying this? And he because also nothing, none of it made any sense, and it didn't and he, make sense because it wasn't real. And he also <laughs> went on both NAL streams, both games, and the community, the NAL community, some people that we know, one of them has a big YouTube following in arena football statement. He called them out. A lot of fan stark owners, current players, Jonathan Bain got into it with some of these people. It's funny that it, the comments are like, oh, NAL over, NAL done. And the thing is, is I'm getting, I'm sending texts to people that I know who are in the league, up and ups, and they're replying back like, what? Show me the screenshots. Send in the screenshots. And that's a joy about technology now. You can delete what you want to delete, but someone's fast on the screenshot trigger. And we got a load of screenshots of this person claiming that he didn't mean NAL, but he did say NAL personnel are saddened that they've lost their jobs, that the doors are closing uh, today. Um, look, I think the, the story here is just that, like, look, there are so there are several other places you can go for accurate reporting on not just our league, but other leagues guys that's what i'm that's what we're trying to say like this is kind of a problem not just with the nal but it's a problem with indoor it's a problem with the c like indoor leagues like the cif and the ifl there's a few groups out there they mm-hmm. they get fed poor information i don't know what the sources are but it's either i my my conclusion speculatively is either it's people that have some sort of agenda or it's folks that want to get a rise out of people Oh. And if that's the case, guys, you have like, I can give you like four, I can give you three to four accounts beyond ours that can give you accurate information besides us. You have choices, please, for the love of God, if this, if, and I don't want to mention the account because we're trying to keep the same, because I'd rather not mention it to give any light to the a person that know. false reports. They but you know, know. We're you know, about, yeah. that's the thing, you know, avoid that account. Please, for the love of God, if you are looking for accurate reporting, go somewhere else. Arena football statement alone, I will say, is if you want an all-encompassing like three-league coverage, go there. Go right there if you want all three. If you want us, you got the smoking guns and us. You know, that's three accounts right there. You you have choices, people. Go like find I'll, the right choices. Like I always said, if we don't confirm it, then most likely it's BS. Like... Mm-hmm. This last week, especially the last weekend, was crazy. I'm trying to watch two games here, and I'm getting text messages and pictures and everything. When I get owners messaging me, like, do this, this, and this, and this, and trying to find out what's going on, let me know. I know something's serious. I just know. But honestly, I do got a text message. Uh, I have uh, – we have a Patreon. So, again, our Patreon's up. Uh 
Patreon said we have uh, two current Shark players watching us, uh, David Gilbert Ooh. and Justin Renfro. So hey, I'm giving a shout out right. to the show. Um, they're watching, so I don't know why they're watching me. And we're waiting for some fireworks. I don't know. Should I, should I wait to the end of the show or should I start it now so people can go blast the chat? Um, I think we should. Are you, are you talking the you talking the thing that maybe that we might have discussions about that's chattered behind the scenes discussions about? Uh, the one that you know with me and you and yeah, I'm I'm just you know hey, go, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm going go to pull ahead. it up. I'm going to pull it up. Okay, Please. so uh, as you know, we don't report on rumors outside the league. Yes, but there are rumblings. Of future additions to the National Arena League. There's your fireworks, ladies and gentlemen. Oh wait, but go. wait, 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 wait. But I thought we were folding. Yeah, no. well, that, it's funny how things get misconstrued because it, that's even funnier when you know the fact that there's you and I both have heard rumblings of things about great stuff coming ahead. And we hear complete opposite and go, uh, what planet are you living on? Because I'm trying to find the access point to that destination because it's not available. It's it, it's it's virtual reality. Or my favorite comment of the week, you need to check your fax machine. I don't do we even use faxes anymore? <laughs> Just gonna say. But yes, uh Everything that you've seen from the national side or National Arena League or the other websites saying the league is folding and dissolving and we're losing teams. Uh, buckle your chin. Buckle your straps, folks. Put everything on. It's going to be a wild couple of weeks for the playoffs. And we'll be here to give you everything in the future for the National Arena League. Trust me. Um, we're your number one source, as I said before. When you have players that message us to ask if this is legit, then they trust us. Um, but yeah. Uh, so besides from that, besides the craziness that was, one thing we know about this league and this sport, if you spew BS, it's the end of you. Period. Um, for us, we can't say anything until we're told to say something. So Of course. <laughs> but... But anyways, we have two games to pre review. Almost said preview, but review. Well, no, well, you're right. We do have two. We do have two excellent games to preview. And now that we're getting that ugly but very necessary part out of the way to discuss, because I don't, I don't like always going there. But necessary things need to be discussed in terms of that regard. But hey, if anything, you finished on a positive note that uh, you are at least going to be seeing some bright stuff ahead. Um, that we know of. So keep that in mind. Um, and we'll be getting on to some great things here in the past week. I think, uh, so really, one, I think one major surprise, which would be the game of the week. We won't touch on that just yet, though, as uh, we've got a previous matchup here to talk about in Carolina, where the West Texas Warbirds came into town. Uh, West Texas and Carolina have had some uh, very intriguing matchups this season. Um, somewhat closer affairs. You had, of course, Carolina putting up largest point total of the year of any team with 86 in their last encounter in the hangar. This time the Cobras finally get to go home, kind of a rough road stand that they had, uh, get to go to the friendly confines, a little, uh, nice 3,300 in attendance for that contest this 4th of July weekend. So solid crowd in the building made its presence known. And, uh, 
the Cobras made their presence known without a doubt, making sure that they were able to walk away with this one. Uh, honestly, my own quick thoughts on this on this uh, contest in general really just kind of went with the flow. Uh, once the Cobras were able to get that fourth and five stop on the first drive mm-hmm. West Texas had, uh, it felt like control was established pretty early. Um, they did force the Warbirds to take several field goal tries, which, again, I don't prefer seeing that in arena if you don't have to. But as we have become accustomed, yes, uh, Delio Weber is a weapon and of course, Coach Smith will use them as necessary. It's just sometimes you have to then brace to make a good defensive stand at the other side. Things usually did not go that way in the case for West Texas. Carolina, by the end, was able to comfortably cruise to a one-possession win with two possessions comfortably in their pocket with about a minute left on the clock. Uh, solid game all around, I think, in terms of the pass game. Honestly, Malik Henry, really good day, really good day. Uh, defense showed up as well. Mike Green, one of the highlight players of the day as well. So all around good stuff and gets the Cobras at least a feel good win. I think moving into the latter half, the final stretches of this schedule to see if they can make up any ground on San Antonio and Jacksonville in some way. This game basically solidified Carolina's uh, playoff. Uh, birth, they mm-hmm. did win and clinch a playoff spot. Also, Carolina gives that vibe of they're starting to find their groove. Uh, last week, they went toe to toe with the Sharks in a very exciting game. This week, they came home, biggest crowd of the season, and put up a good performance. Malik Henry played very well. A guy that I was, for me, I, I'm always if he's going off, you know they're having a good game, and that's um, Adam Smith. Adam Smith. Went off. There's a couple of plays in the highlights that uh, his just mobility and his acceleration just completely is in the next level in this game, and he knows how to get the extra yards. Uh, also, I got to give a shout out uh, to the color analyst Kendra Gings. Uh, yes, what that a was great, a pleasant surprise, wasn't it? That was that was a very good coverage. You know, you need work sometimes, you need practice sometimes. But I was joking with him on uh, on via dms as like are you coming for my job there bro <laughs> so it was <laughs> just making him laugh and he's like he's appreciated so he did a great job uh covering the game um also in this game what i've i've started to notice is i'm not going to say it because this is way too early to talk about awards but weber i think it, um, his family loves this league he she goes on both pop major podcasts on this show on this league uh, I think what, if there's a special teams kicker of the year, Weber's hands down the guy. He had a little bit of an off night this week, but the guy is all kicking field goals left and right. He's kicking deuces almost every single game he's playing, and he leads the league in deuces mm-hmm. uh, with 16, I think. That's impressive uh, for him. Um, also, we didn't talk about him last week. Chris Ware for West Texas, solid quarterback. He made some good plays. West Texas stayed in this game as long as possible. Crucial turnover towards the end that really flipped. And the two-point conversion that West Texas tried to get at the end that was that was a failed attempt really mm-hmm. stunt their comeback. But one thing I've, we've mentioned about West Texas throughout the last couple of weeks is that they are in the lose-small stage still of their, their climb to being a good team. Pretty much. They're uh, with a voice of uh, – not voice, what – Phil from Smoking Guns would say they are the San Antonio Gunslingers of last year. 
That's the current West Texas. They have players. They have – they're competitive. They're just not making certain plays in certain games will make them to be contenders or even trying to win these games. What's the issue I see with West Texas? When I, when I watch this game, like I watched it the day later, and this is when I started watching film and see what they were doing. Carolina wasn't making any mistakes. They weren't turning the football over. They weren't doing self-deflicting injuries like penalties, turnovers, um, incomplete passes. They weren't doing any of that. They were almost well. West Texas did stop them a couple drives, but it wasn't as nasty or let's say what we saw a couple weeks ago with Orlando, which uh, Carolina and Orlando, where it was just fumbles, turnovers, uh, interceptions, and, and it was back and forth. This one was just. They controlled the game from the get-go, but West Texas was really never out of the game. Right. And that, and Honestly, that's, the only that's, the only mistake I can think, and it's funny I bring up because we have the video right now playing, is that 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 Savante Davenport uh, strip return for a touchdown. It's really the only one I can think that kind of if you're going to ding Carolina for something directly, kind of was that because they were in the position to really start expanding upon their lead and keeping things really at arm's length. But that touchdown there. You know, West Texas was able to at least keep it within three points for a majority of the second half after that point. Uh, well, until you had a nice stop, get a touchdown in late. Mm-hmm. Carolina's able to extend a little bit. But, that, you know, it's the only thing I can ding them on. I, I mean, I'm with you. Pretty clean game. I think something that Carolina desperately needed, you know, just put the fundamentals together and get a win in the column after kind of a rough home, after a rough road trip for the most part. You know, just get yourself solidified back. You know you're a good team. You know, you have a lot of good fundamental pieces. Just get a win column in front of your fans. Get that feel-good attitude going into the later stretch of the year, into the final month going into the playoffs. And, again, did their job. But I love West Texas for the sake of, you know, I I think some teams will say when playing them that that they play hard, um, that they are, I would say, if you're trying to be nice nice about it, uh, for a team like Carolina, like a tune-up game in a way. You know, they don't, it's not an easy one. It's to keep you on your toes, you know, and the Warbirds, you know, like you're talking, it's uh, very much still just trying to find wins, if anything, trying to, I think, piece together just little to no mistake football, mm-hmm. you know, is what it is. This, this team really, I think, is not ready to play from behind and do comeback victories, so to speak. If you're going to see them get a win, they need to do what kind of what we saw with Orlando, which we'll talk about in a bit. They're going to have to get, they're going to find ways to get out in front early and kind of just keep mashing the gas pedal because otherwise uh, it still has a few kinks that have to be ironed out before we see this team become, I think, a true winner and contender uh, with the rest of the NAL. And also they're still learning the game and mm-hmm. they're being competitive. They're not getting pushed around a lot of these football games. A lot of these games no. are one possession games in the late in the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, and then in this game, you're going to lose a lot of, one score games and some team, the good teams learn how to win those one score games and teams that struggle are the ones that don't win those one score games. Uh, but West Texas, they, you can say they went through a, a patch of games where they're like, Oh, geez, San Antonio, San Antonio, Carolina, who we got next Carolina. I'm like, that's, that's a stretch. And well, they wrap up with Jacksonville, then Orlando. So their, their season is, going to be pretty tough for them. But for West Texas, I think they can be more looking at the rest of the season more like spoilers now than anything else, even though 
they still have a outside chance of making the postseason. Of course, if Orlando wins this weekend, they clinch. And if if Orlando does lose, West Texas needs to win to stay alive. If they lose, they're also eliminated again. So the field can be set next week, uh, or the four teams, that is. Um, but in this game overall, one thing I like about West Texas and Coach Tate is that his teams fight. No matter if they're outmatched or if they're getting outplayed, this team doesn't quit. This team always finds a way to battle back and make something that's a ridiculous like the Davenport strip six. Uh, that was a point in the game where Carolina was going there, basically trying to push the game away, almost in the game and early in the third quarter, and they get that uh, strip, uh, yeah. a strip six, and the game flipped on the side and was very – for a good 10 minutes of that game, it was just a deadlock, I think, at 29-28 for like 10 minutes of same like. Well, I'm watching that replay when I got the chance to sit down and catch up. You know, that, that strip six definitely – like I said, I think I think that was to me the point where I'm like, okay, this game could just become like your typical, you know, two possession runaway fest, or we can make things interesting. Made things interesting where I went, okay, you know, the Warbirds have found some success on offense. They just haven't been able to finish drives as cleanly. Mm-hmm. If they can get that done and get another defensive stop, maybe a turnover or something, then you know, we could have a ball game. And, you know, they did keep it close. You know, again, gotta give credit when you have a good kicker and you just gotta get in the end zone, you know. All it's about, all about is just keeping it close and not losing any edge. Just couldn't get enough power to get any deuces. That was the thing with uh, Weber today, uh, or, well, during this game. I know today is uh, definitely several days in the past, but just couldn't get any power under his kicks. It was the issue. And I think that was the only thing that was lacking that maybe, you know, if, if you get, like, just one or two, if you get just one deuce, you know, maybe you take a little more risk on, on one of those touchdowns later in the second half to where you go for two. And then he put the pressure back on Carolina even more so. Just didn't come to be. Um, and then simple fact is the Cobras, you know, a little bit more veteran-talented veteran roster. Um, eventually, mistakes were made. Op- options and opportunities were not executed well on West Texas's part. And Carolina got a win that I think was sorely needed to kind of settle things down. It's a win they needed after going through a stretch where they lost both to Orlando and to the Jacksonville Sharks and um, Jacksonville last week. So it gets them a win, gets them in the tournament. Now it's more likely for them is uh, battle tested. They now, I know there's a couple of Shark players watching right now that hopefully that Carolina can go to San Antonio here in a couple of weeks and uh, that two games set and try and split that series. Uh, to trying to get home field for the Sharks. But the Sharks have a test coming up this week with two massive games with Orlando back-to-back. So Jacksonville has to go through their stretch too. Uh, but for West Texas, finish on a high note. You're home this weekend against Carolina again. And usually sometimes the teams that you don't want to play is a team that really has nothing to lose. And that's no. a game this week that Carolina, even though Carolina's clinched at birth, they still have an outside chance of getting the two, the two seats. So, a home field playoff game, which uh, I guarantee a lot of people don't know the stats. A team that makes the playoffs as a home team, uh, they win. They're twelve and two in the postseason. The home team is, uh, and that's pretty good. That's a good stat to have. So, if you're a home oh, yeah. team in the playoffs in the first round, you're tw- you're twelve and two, and you're undefeated in the championship game if you're host. So that's what 
home field really means in the league. And for West Texas, they're on the very last last line. They need to win out, and hopefully Orlando loses out for them to get in. But it's coming down to, well, you have nothing to lose. Go out there and trying to ruin other teams' hopes for playoff positioning, um, ruin someone's two-seed, two ruin someone's one-seed. You have some key games coming up. So that's going to be the intriguing part coming up uh, for West Texas. Now for Carolina, you got to go out to West Texas. Last time you were out in West Texas, your offense looked like it was a well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. Scored a lot of points, honestly, and gave up a lot of points. But still, I saw that. That still amazes me. You, you, the losing team scored fifty-nine points. <laughs> right. You're, you're winning. You're winning games scoring fifty-nine points. Uh, but the overall, this game, it's it was a get get right game for Carolina, but also for West Texas. It's right there. They know it's right there. Just one or two plays go their way, and they're winning those these type of games. And I feel like West Texas is that team next year, as a team you don't want to go, you don't want to face. Basically, think, like San Antonio this year. I think if you're for me with with me with the Warbirds and credit, players have their own journeys, things change. But I think what I find fascinating is you know, as we're moving into the later part of this year, it, West Texas. Uh, the playoff hopes are, have all but slipped away in my eyes. Um, so I think now you're looking at guys like, okay, say you do have folks in your area that you're wanting to bring back or you have relationships with guys you want to bring back, you know, who do you start talking with or keep together right now? Maybe you think about like, who's my first guy coming in a free agency that I'm going to be looking to hit up first, you know, when I have that period where I can talk to them exclusively, you know, and then I think the bigger question will be, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking ahead. So some people are like, why are you still talking about this season's not over? But trust me, I, this is the time of year now with w the Warbirds being two and nine. It's more about seeing what you got. And I think I also asked the question of, you know, who do you keep in contact with for QBs? Because I like, I mean, I think where's pretty solid. I think Mitch, if he doesn't get injured, you have you can reasonably sit there and go, you know what? That'd be he'd be great to hit up Mitch Kidd, talk to him again. Or maybe you look at another option on the market, you know, someone that maybe has a little more veteran experience, but I think that it just comes down to getting some of your guys that you like from who you've kept from your core, as much as the transactions they've had this year, switching guys out, finding who works and who doesn't, and then kind of building upon that for next year, depending on how you want to do that with the uh, choice of how you decide to go with the cap space that you want to deliver. Cause remember no cap in the NAL. So, you know, owner's discretion as to how they want to handle that. But that's where West Texas is in. It's a unique position compared to the rest of the league because the Preds right now are starting to, as we'll talk, look like they are establishing themselves as the likely at least fourth playoff team, whereas West Texas at least can, I think, more so talk about let's finish strong, see what we got, and look towards the future um, under what has become slowly more and more during the year a pretty feeling like a pretty successful year in terms of growing fan base and getting plays and games under your belt as an NAL franchise growing from that small beginnings to where you are now in one of the top two, two or three leagues in the United States in this sport or variant of this sport. Yeah. And the next game we'll be talking about has a team that is going to be that team that we like to say, you don't want to face them in the postseason. And that is the Orlando Predators. Game Why? Of the week. It's the game of the week. 
Again, I got to go find the highlight film because I thought I had it. <laughs> I'm looking through my database. I do apologize. Ah, it'll be there. Yeah, well, yeah. I found well, it. There we go. There we go. Well, We're good. I mean, while, while you're getting it up, I mean, so you have it now, of course, but uh, how fascinating. I think a lot. I mean, mo most of the storylines from this past weekend come from this game in particular. Um, not to take away from Carolina and West Texas. Not to say that because, again, if you're Carolina, you're feeling good. Again, we can't reiterate, you need a win to kind of say, hey, got to get a feel-good moment. Let's get back with the good vibes. We got a few games to rally behind and get some wins. Hope we can get maybe a seed movement or a movement of a seed or two to try to have any chance of getting a home playoff game. That's where you're at right now. However, looking across the screen, if you are uh, multitasking like many of us do, watching this sport and you have the multi-screen setup like we love you're looking at the game in jackson or in orlando and you're going uh so wait a minute like you're in the first quarter and you're, you're sitting there going wait a minute is it 22 to nothing and then you end the half it's 29 to 7 at halftime orlando decided to play all across the board its best game of the season and without a doubt i think uh submitted itself to say hey you know what um I think we found our guy behind center. Uh, we also have a good secondary guy, which I think so, some people remember. Uh, they picked up Rakeem Cato. He's their backup right now, uh, who is a former Predator, was with the Mustangs recently, and those guys were recently released to the open market, have signed elsewhere. So just a finalization on that, by the way. But you have not only a, an excellent offensive performance from Danny Southwick, Darius Prince, and company. I mean, I was be I was blown away at how smooth and silky some of these passes were from Danny Southwick. That line did an excellent job. But on the other side of this coin, my oh my, that Preds defense, after getting all the flack from us earlier in the year about these guys have veteran, talented, all NAL names. What's going on? Why are they getting burned so bad? Now they're showing up. This is like an all-star unit. Freddie Booth Lloyd, holy crud, that first quarter was his quarter. He made mincemeat out of Arvell Nelson. Later on, you're seeing Caleb Walls have both offensive and defensive production this week. Definitely an excellent Ironman performance. Dwayne Hollis, you can say, similar deal. Josh Jenkins, this was one of the weird, weird ones. We don't often see a onside kick return for a TD. Props to him, man. He was on top of the ball. Things were just going right for Orlando all night. And San Antonio just couldn't find ways to get out of their way fast enough. They did have some momentum in the late third, early fourth, but eventually that got sapped away. Turnover on downs led to a touchdown to where basically Orlando, after getting an onside kick return, turning the ball over and getting a nice Desmond Maxwell TD that you just saw on the screen, by the way, if you're watching our live stream, sapped it away. Overall, their best performance all season. And man, Jim, you weren't wrong with that lead in. Um, that's a team I don't want to play right now. I mean, they, they, they severely beat down on what many have considered one of the top two teams in the league that just came off its most decisive victory of the season last week. And that we had, we said, dang, there you go. All right, let's get back on track and we can ignore any of our conversation. They came in, they had home field advantage and said, no, not today. This is us. Um, we might've found the formula and it's, uh, Veteran Danny Southwick slinging it like a Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, coming off, coming off the bench and playing in his later years. I mean, seriously, if you look at any Ryan Fitzpatrick stuff, it's kind of funny to me how we're taking that narrative and he's like living up to it right now. Just no beard. 
And here we are. Orlando definitely has the story of the weekend with this blowout win. And then we'll, I, I wanna, I'll let you talk about Orlando, of course, but there's, of course, the uh, other side of the coin that I think many people noticed in the second half that was a little different with San Antonio that raises some questions now. But well, I want to hear your thoughts on the Preds because, I mean, again, all phases just performed exceptionally well. I can't stress enough. It was, the, it was one of the perfect performances in the NAL this season. It's one of the perfect performances by the Predators, yes. It's something that we we know the Predators can do. And that talented roster that came from Albany earlier in the year, you knew eventually they were going to click. It's going to have to wait a second to get in the gel. They did. Then they went up against a San Antonio team. San Antonio got to a big hole, 29 nothing, and it's very hard to come back from 29 points on the road especially with a quarterback that's not making mistakes. I made a comment, I think, either on one of our shows, last, I think it was with Steve last week, saying Orlando doesn't need a Sam Castronova, doesn't need a Rakeem Cato to win. They need a game manager that knows where to put the ball in the right place. And Danny Southwick, the Ryan Fitzpatrick of arena football, has done that. And he's put him in a position to win games. And, of course... San Antonio, a lot of people, you know, they, they get they get mad at me when I made statements about, you know, the comment a couple weeks ago when I said four and four. But they are now, look at the record, they're eight and two. They started the season six and zero, oh, and the last four games are two and two. So I know my comment of four and four really got to San Antonio fans, but it is 500 football, and they've been playing 500 football the last four weeks. Yes, the opponents they have played have varied from you know the tough loss uh, to the two close wins against West Texas from back-to-back weeks, and their two losses are one-sided affairs against Jacksonville and against Orlando. Now, I know San Antonio is in a great position. They're 8-2. and two. They're currently still first in the NAL standings. But they do not control their destiny. The team in Jacksonville controls the destiny for the one seed. Jacksonville wins out. They're hosting the one. They're hosting the championship game as the home field goes to the one seed. But for Orlando, how this team, this, this franchise has been in the National Arena League, they, this, the, the, the Predators have not been the Predators from the previous renditions of it in the, the older leagues. This team has gone through some hard times in the NAL. And now they have won three in a row, longest winning streak in NAL franchise history for the Predators. They're in the mix. They they win to they win this week against Jacksonville. They clinch the final playoff spot. For San Antonio, you need Carolina to slip up. If San Antonio uh, Carolina loses, San Antonio clinches a home playoff game that's pivotal because home playoff games you're 12 and 2 it's a great record for a home team mm-hmm. but for this game honestly there's one player that there's a new nickname for the guy we know him as the goat but now the new nickname is Optimus Prime i heard <laughs> the announcer say that and I wonder if that's just the Orlando guys trying to give him a nickname where the GOAT's been called the GOAT in Albany, has been called in uh, Lehigh Valley and in Philadelphia. But Darius Prince is a different animal right now, the last couple of weeks, than he was earlier in the year. 
because earlier there was a lot of distractions. But man, Orlando is that type of team that they're they're deadly. They're scary. And they're going up against a team next week that I possibly will be down there. I'm still thinking about it. That is going to be an electric atmosphere against two teams that historically don't like each other yeah. from back in the AFL days. But one thing I loved about this game by Orlando, this is a team that we've been saying all for the last the whole year that they have the talent to be like this, and they finally showed it. For San Antonio, the big switch that we saw in the, in the second half, I didn't see that coming, but sometimes you need to make a switch to have a spark. I, I did not see the I didn't uh, either. QB switch either. I mean, in credit – like it was an ugly for first half, but I mean, I didn't think we would go to Robert Kent right now, but that is the case. Um, it, it is a storyline that I think is something that you mu- that you do need to watch over. You know, we one thing we remember, I think asking around about was that you know, Kent seemed like he was coming in more as a coach rather than a than a backup, really, mm-hmm. or as kind of like a mentor type to that in that case. And now that he's in, that opens the door, basically, if you're Fred Shaw and company, to say, okay, we are realistically evaluating that QB position, I think. Now, credit, I, maybe we could be reading into it. There are some that they just say, you know what, this is, this, this is not going right, the vibe's not right, we'll switch out and we'll put in Robert. But mm-hmm. it definitely felt like that was, of all things considered, it felt like it was like a real, real moment of we're pulling you and we are trying to spark something else. Yeah. Just because I didn't even think... I honestly didn't think Arvell had a too poor of a half first mm-hmm. half. I mean, there were some mistake, there were some mistakes, but a lot of it came down to I thought great pressure put on by Car- by Orlando. Honestly, when I say Freddie Booth Lloyd dominated that first quarter and maybe like a sliver of the second, mm-hmm. he was the force, one of the dominating forces, not one of the main factors as to how Orlando got out to a twenty-two to nothing lead mm-hmm. to kick things off. He was harassing Arvell Nelson. It, you you can't do much when you have have one of the best d- defensive rushers in the league in your face at all times and causing havoc in the backfield. So I was kind of surprised given the fact this isn't like what we saw a few weeks back, saw a few weeks back prior or get or the performance against Jacksonville that I thought we put in. It, it was it felt more like offensive line production and protection broke down and things just didn't go their way. Great fourth down stops mm-hmm. as well to combine like just felt like elements like that that were at play. So I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see what, what space we're going to see coach Shaw and company in moving forward, because I think right now what they're feeling is, Hey, we're at two losses. Jacksonville's at two losses. We've split the season series so far. Um, the home field advantage in the playoffs is now coming down to the wire. Like we let one more game slip up and we have, at least a bye week this coming week to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And then we need to see where Jacksonville's at. And then we play Jacksonville later in the year. We got to get through Carolina, which is going to be a huge game. Cause as we've talked, remember they lost by two last time in their home building to the Cobras. That was with a completely different setup that they have now. That's not going to be an easy task. And we're going to have to see how they adjust with a week with a bye week. Carolina at least gets to tune up with West Texas, but they get to go back home this time. Their Cobras fans are going to get to go back home and host that game. 
those guys will know that that's a big game for them come for playoff positioning purposes and for the fact that they're going to be rowdy because it's closer to the end of the year. I expect that to be an electric atmosphere. But the Gunslingers have some things to think about, I think, on that end of the ball. Um, defensively, I mean, I'll be honest with you, kind of hard for me to pinpoint things. I really do think it was just uh, old school, excellent route running from Darius Prince a lot of the night and really just pinpoint perfect passing from Danny Southwick. Some of those passes, I honestly was kind of hard for me to say, I don't know what you do there. You know, you got a few plays there, like you like a Caleb Walbs pass right there, that swing route. That's just good play design. You clear everybody out. Caleb just basically turns on the juice and goes for a TD. And it's that simple. So I think you keep staying the course. You got defensive talented guys offensively though. You're going to have some questions. Like I said, the quarterback's going to be the big one. I think most people in San Antonio are going to sit there and go, what's happening? Because I think either one will, will have a case to start, but whoever you pick, you need to be damn sure it's the right guy. Cause you know, seed seating is up for grabs right now. And right. not saying that you can, sl- I don't think that they'll slip to the three seed, but that's the extreme scenario where you lose a home playoff game. If you don't get things in order. It right now, out of the four teams that are currently in the playoff picture, the scariest team, in my opinion, is the Carolina Cobras. Why? They're starting to find themselves. They have a quarterback that he does have moments where he's okay, and then some moments are like, holy crap, where did this come from? One of the things that I like about Everyone's talking about, oh, there's only five teams, how you're talking about playoff position. Now it's more of who gets the one and the two seat. That's the playoffs push that is going to be what's intriguing. And what's what a lot of San Antonio fans want to see is Jacksonville dropping one. And Jacksonville has to go to Orlando, then they're home against Orlando, home against West Texas, then they're at Carolina. That slate right there is pretty daunting. But knowing my boys that I talk to every week. They're a team that I know that you can look at the standings and look at the point differential. They know how good they can be. And the team is – so they almost lost a – was almost lost to Carolina two couple of weeks ago. Then we had the bye week, and they were like, oh, here we go again. It's like um, this game is so much about momentum. It's crazy. But right now, Carolina, Orlando have it. Orlando or West Texas doesn't. San Antonio doesn't. That's killer sometimes. And one thing about San Antonio is that you lost to Orlando and got outplayed. First half did not look good at all. Orlando looked like they can do anything on San Antonio. And now you got a bye week to sit on it. And then the next game is at Carolina. If Carolina goes to West Texas and pull up another performance like they did against West Texas a couple weeks ago when they played them at West Texas, like 89-59, and they're coming back to San Antonio or coming back to Carolina with San Antonio coming in town, that game will be crucial because if, let's say, hypothetically, San Antonio goes to Carolina and loses to Carolina, all of a sudden San Antonio goes from the number one spot to they can possibly – Drop to the third seed. That's how crucial these games are going. Am I saying that San Antonio is going to lose the next couple of games? No. But that bye week right there after that tough loss, you have so much time to think about it. I know Coach Shaw is going to do the 24-hour rule or the 48-hour rule to try to get over it. But that last performance against Orlando, 
and then you're off the off week really stunts a growth of a team to like get that negativeness away from you. Now, for the instance, for Jacksonville, how they beat Carolina the bye week, and now we're going to Orlando against a hot Orlando team. That game's going to be crazy. That game's actually something that I'm looking forward to. I know there's a lot of people that say we favor the Sharks a lot, but sometimes when marquee games happen and the Sharks are in there and we have to cover that game. Out of the four teams left, like I said, Carolina, in my opinion, is the, the one that you don't want to play, especially for me as a Sharks fan because I've had, we've had history, history with Carolina. Uh, we lost a championship against Carolina. They knocked us out of the playoffs one year against Carolina. So we have history with Carolina. We have history with Orlando, too, back in the day. One thing I look about when I look at teams, and one thing that really spots out about this Orlando team right now, they're finally finding their groove at the right time of the year. They are. And that's what's deadly. One of my buddies even mentioned this Orlando Predator team is reminding them in of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Couldn't win games early. We're in a lot of close games. But at the end of the year, they are going to pull off six some straight wins, get into the playoffs, and make noise. That's what he says the Orlando Predators remind him of right now, is this past season, Jacksonville Jaguars. And he's right. They have this talent, and they get a Cato win. Now you're going to have two experienced quarterbacks now in Orlando that have won. Southwick has been on some winning organizations in this time with his scroll of teams he's played for. Cato was with Fayetteville, who had a very good team, very solid team with, with explosive talent and players. He's a talented quarterback, and he's half history with Orlando. He played her last year. So Orlando's getting their pieces together. But some dude, there's a certain linebacker that plays in Orlando. That guy is on, like, insane right now. He's playing incredible right now. And he probably had his best game yet as a Predator since he played in the championship game against Carolina. Name is Nick Hag. The dude was insane. Guy was everywhere. Like he, like I'm. I'm glad I don't play quarterback in this league because I'll be afraid of that dude if he was coming after me. Uh, but Orlando is that. Orlando's that scary team that makes the playoffs. You that's that four seed you don't want to play. And also, Carolina's also that team's like, all right, well, we're not the scary team. We have the most potential of stealing someone's home field in the first round. So these next couple of weeks are going to be. Very intriguing. Each game is going to be pivotal. Like even the simple win, a Carolina win in West Texas, or a Jacksonville win against Orlando are magnificent. Like the wins are huge at this time of the year. And for Jacksonville, you, you, you beat Orlando, Orlando, you get a chance to try to win the series in Jacksonville next in a couple of weeks. But for Orlando, they win down Orlando. Owner Cheney gets himself another trophy. Uh, with the skull, with the shark logo on it, and Orlando's back to 500 football. And that would be the first time they've been 500 at this late in the season, I think since 2021, when they made the playoffs as a 500 team. It's been a while. Yeah, I mean, they, this is so far – they're on pace to have the most successful season since their return. You know, And I know that record-wise, it's not pretty. It's mm -hmm. been a rough go for them to kick things back off since they've returned in 2019. But – no, but nonetheless, like there is good momentum right now. You know, we we mentioned a ton about obviously the you know you're talking about the veteran players they got from from not from players and coaches from the Albany kind of succession, if you will, or releases, whatever term you prefer. And 
now you have talents that you least I think you found your quarterback situation. You've solidified that twofold again, not just Danny, but I know folks that of course are talking their own thing. And, and of course mentioning that, yes, Rakeem Cato. I mean, that is a guy that should be possibly starting somewhere or if they need to go to him, not saying that they will, but you, if you, you have a backup that if you need to go to, he's ready to go and he is full, he is mobile and accurate. I like that Mike Corda here, or minority owner of the uh, Preds coming on, saying Orlando about to go on a run. And you know what? Like, we're talking. It's kind of, I mean, hey, one, looking like the hottest team right now in the league in terms of flipping things over. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see, of course. I think we're going to wait. We got another week, of course, coming up. Like, you're talking with the Sharks. Now, I'll, I'll still hold that the Sharks are the hottest team in the league in terms of the fact that they're still on a win streak. They haven't lost since really relatively closer to the beginning of the season. They have been nonstop firing on all cylinders ever since Sam Castronova's come in and company have been added to support what's already been building up with mm-hmm. Coach Gibson's squad. So all that is to simply put it that they are the hottest. But I think if you're Orlando, you're getting hot at the right moment. Mm-hmm. You know, you are your form five. You are distancing yourself to where you can at least I don't say you're not focusing on the playoffs in particular, but you at least are distancing yourself to where you can say, all right, we're pretty much in. Let's keep getting and building upon what we're constructing right now, getting that coach wear system down and getting down what we've been doing well on defense. And then all it takes is one game once we hit the playoffs and anything can be possible from there. You know, we get all you need is one game in the NAL. You can hit the championship and then retool and hit that. So I think that's what they're looking at. And they got to be feeling in a good spot right now. I, I do, I do find it fascinating talking about the end of season schedule with these teams because of the fact that you know Orlando does ma- throw a monkey wrench into some of these plans with San Antonio taking this loss in the jungle last weekend. So it makes things way more interesting to end the year. It still could have been po- even it still is possible more so, but just the fact that now you have two two lost teams at the top that is only decided by a half a game right now is the reason why gunslingers at the top at the moment, you know, after next week, we'll be definitely able to, I think, make even deeper evaluations to what we could be seeing down the final three weeks after this next one. It's exciting. Football is here as is always in our sport. The term that football ends in January is fake. Uh, But the next couple of weeks are going to be intriguing, especially for the games Every single game has playoff implications for it. So make an announcement right now. Next week's game of the week for week 14 is indeed in Orlando. Again, where the Jacksonville Sharks travel to the Orlando Predators and Amway Center. We will have Darius Prince on the show for Friday. We will have additional coverage of athlete uh, players. We will have David Gilbert and Justin Renfro on our Patreon um, for additional coverage for the uh, this game, but that would be more of something else that they've been asking to get on the show. So we got a Patreon now, so we get some additional coverage uh, for that. Uh, but yeah, week 14 is on the way. Um, we've been asking fans. I, we've had up to 30 people here tonight. Uh, if you have any fan questions, send them in now. We will be happy to answer them. If it's stuff that happened earlier this week, we're gladly will answer some of the questions. We will not answer uh, outrageous questions, uh, if you have any. 
Um, but send them away. We're free. We're going to be here for another five, ten minutes. But overall, again, happy Fourth of July, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, why are you guys not watching fireworks? I don't understand. Um, uh, me, do you, are you hearing fireworks right now in your neighborhood? But it, by the way, it's it's about seven where I'm at out west. I'm surprised. I mean, it's not dark fully yet, but I know it's coming up within at least another hour or two. I'm going to be sitting here and going, huh? All right, this will be harder to sleep than usual because <laughs> I don't have any fireworks. I, I'm I, I'm I'm I am going to be chilling at my apartment and mm-hmm. kind of vibing the rest of the night after this. But I know for a fact I might be able to step out on my back porch and go, oh look, a free show. <laughs> free. Um, there's kind of a I think they put a ban on certain fireworks in Jacksonville because we haven't had a lot of rain, but I think that could have changed. Uh, I actually, I'm right here. I'm looking out my window and I don't see anything. I don't even hear anything either. So uh, maybe it's a, maybe it's something that's, I think it could be state ordinance or city ordinance or just, I'm in a neighborhood where people just can't afford fireworks. Maybe. Because I didn't buy any. Hmm. And I'm one of those douchebags douche who are out there and throw fireworks on the driveway go, ha-ha! I'm the one being ended up on TikTok. <laughs> also, uh, we do have questions. Um, at what point will we be here NAL announce an expansion? Um, we hear, we're hearing rumbles. And no, I'm not talking about fireworks. Stay tuned. Yeah, I can't really give anything concrete. Um, the thing is with these deals... Uh, they take time. You got to get all the things right and in the straight and narrow, um, especially given all, we'll be honest, the, the rough year that it's been in the NAL for some, for some items. Um, I think as we keep talking, and as the commissioner said, they want to make sure they get stuff right. So it's good news. It's these rumors we hear, they're, they're pieces that I think you'll feel confident when announced, when it's fully announced, but like, we can't say anything beyond that is all, but got to just get things in order. I, I think speculatively I'm going to put out there speculatively. So don't even take any of this grain of salt. This is my uneducated thought on this. I would say knowing last year, how they did it, you can expect like at least a team by the championship. I, I feel like that's what, what most of us are thinking. I think that they want to, get ball the ball rolling because i everything we under we talk about is like you know the nal wants to grow like it it does want to get to where we can get a little bit more of a bigger platform Mm -hmm. so i personally think and again this is all speculation for me then this isn't like i'm telling you concrete things i'm thinking by come that for that first week of august championship game that we have that you're gonna at least by then have heard or hear something that's what I'm believing I think would happen just given what we've understood in the last few years. That's my understanding. And it happened, at least it happened that last year happen. with happened last year with Fayetteville in West Texas. Yeah. So I think there's that, um, Gary, I think this is a good one. Will Chris be on the show? Honestly, I think once we get, once these rumors get sorted out and we see what happens, um, maybe come like later after the season where we get a little bit more smoothed out, like what the grand, like I think overlook of the NAL look like because there will be expansion. Just, we know it every year it happens. So it's part of the game. So expansion in this industry 
if you're not talking about expansion, you're talking about failure. Because mm-hmm. the other leagues, I guarantee, are doing the same thing right now. It's a part. It's a part of the industry. You're going to have to do it to keep, uh, you know, growing. Strengthen your core helps with business advertising, which I know the NAL has very much wanted to grow that sector of their game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the more teams that you're able to land and more stable teams you're able to get in as well to strengthen your base, the more you can go and build partnerships and build out what your again, grand plan yeah. is. And again, this is about building up the arena game again. Like the NAL right now, yeah, there is the uh, there's another league. I'm not going to say it because I know we're – I'm going to play nice just you know if you're anyone out there listens you know if but there is the other one that's claiming it's coming back as arena we haven't heard anything their deadline for last time for news has passed well beyond their deadline at this point 76 and days. it was and it was partially linked in that fake pieces of news we talked about at the beginning so until i hear anything the nal is the de facto arena league in terms of like true arena football and growing that actual that brand back so they want to get out there and build it and get out there and fill show off to I think potential sponsors, investors that hey, we have a stable base, we have teams around the country, and the best way to do it is they're gonna have to grow and get stable partners. Some of the rumors that they are attached to from what we get are very stable groups, is all I can tell you. Um, and it's nice to see. So we'll wait on that. But that's on their discretion to get it done. They gotta get all the details right. You can't jump the gun on things like this. You gotta make sure everyone on this on the same page especially if we are trying to grow the game in the right way and move on from this year and the mistakes or lessons learned from this past season Mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form through various different things that have happened over the course of this last league year. Uh, Again, like we've stated before on this show multiple times, we do not report on rumors outside the league. When we hear stuff with inside the league, and we're told we can, you know, lean some way. We will give you the information. Be up to date with National Arena League news from the people you trust. Us here on Inside the Walls and other outlets, the five organizations. And I just show some love to the guys at Smoking Guns. They do a great job over there in San Antonio. Shout out Phil, RC, and Lee, uh, Leo. You guys do a great job. Um, almost said Lilu. I don't know why. No, no offense, <laughs> that. <laughs> but they are. Uh, they do a great job over there. Uh, keep like the hit the bell. Bills morale. You know, click the bell. Watch. Follow us exactly. on social mail. On uh, social social mail. Social media. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Should we do a TikTok? If not, if it's we do a TikTok, it'd be just Jim making gaffes. You know um, what? If you if you feel like we we should. Uh, feel free awesome. to let us know because it, it is there. I mean, we do have three, but if you want, if you want some more, we'll figure out what we want to do with TikTok. I guess mm-hmm. it's a little odd because it's funny thing, and this is kind of what I'm hoping this works out this year. Um, in doing this show, and since Jim and I have known each other, we still have not met up in person. It, it is you're coming to Jacksonville, boy. I know. Well, or San Antonio, for Carolina, or San Antonio, or Carolina. <laughs> Uh, that's the thing. Like we still doing two years of the show and knowing each other for even beyond that have not met in person. And we have said over the last few years, we're going to meet up in an arena game. One of the next ones we'll do. If it's a championship, if it's a random game, we're going to do it. I'm hoping it happens this year. I'm 
I'm crossing my fingers. Everything works out this year that we can both be in attendance. Cause last year we were able to get one of two. And I was like, Oh, we missed this year. I'm hoping the same where it's like, we at least are able to land at both of us now and we can finally get to meet in person and have a good time at a championship together. So, you know, that's coming up soon, you know, details will be coming up and obviously that hinges on, uh, you know, timings and playoffs and all that. Cause everyone's got different venue times. So we'll see, we'll see, but I'm, I'm hoping it works out. You know, I really do. I really hope so. So wrapping it up, any more questions, any, any questions, suggestions or observations you guys want to talk about? If not, I know, uh, closing time Duncan next week, <laughs> next huh? week. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking that as the inside joke that it is so oh hashtag go next with, week yeah yeah I'm, uh, gonna go with, I'm gonna go with hashtag next week but as the it, as a joke I'm not I don't know if that's legitimately when it'll be I really right. don't know I just know there's rumblings and I don't mm-hmm. know when so yeah just really all it is is hold tight gotta hash out things that are working out and there you go also, what do you mean? Are they, if you're meaning the league's going to fold, no, um, Brandon Larson, that's not at all true. Um, if you're referring to the incorrect reporting of Jacksonville and Orlando folding, that is also untrue. Um, there, I don't know. No, there's nothing folding that either of us are aware of at this time. And that is a good thing. <laughs> Very good thing. So, yeah, no, this is this is where we're at right now. I hear my fax machine. I should go get my papers. I think those are the walking papers. Um, anyways. And, uh, Lordy. But, yeah, let's see. The joys of being the inside source of the National Real League is that you know what's going on, even though certain things have leaked out about certain people. Yeah. We know we've already, we've been we've known and we know the whole entire story. So keep putting the oh, is the league folding. Keep doing that. We love the hatred. We really do. Um, we really appreciate appreciate the hatred because there are players on this team. There are players in this league that this is their livelihood, and spreading these false rumors really damages their reputation. And really damages the league. If it's a vendetta to the league, okay, it's a vendetta. Put a name behind it. Um, but anyways, one thing I want to say before we leave. The five organizations in the league right now will be here in August at the completion of the season. There will be teams playing with full rosters. I'm confident in that, and I have been given word behind the scenes that it is factual. No issues in the league. Again, when other websites are reporting stuff about this league, and you don't see me and Zach or Phil from Smoking Guns, or even some other trustworthy sites like Ducon Williams, ever in a football statement, if he's not saying nothing, and we're not saying anything, or guys smoking guns are not saying anything, 100% sure the information is getting it's coming from four individuals. Those four individuals have been locked out of NAL arenas when NAL games are being played. So, who really is the source? People that actually have good relationships with the league 
or the ones that are just locked out and act like they can't say they can see it through the window or see it through YouTube and spread their BS on YouTube. Am I being defensive? I just got – I think that's what people think I am. No. There's a reason why I'm the in Rappaport of the National Arena League. It's because I got connections. My sources, they know Zach. They know me. They trust us. They know that they can give us information, and we're not on social media the next day spewing about ESPN buying the league and airing all the games on ES and YouTube, which is completely – if you know anything about broadcasting, that's like – Fox Aaron ESPN content. That's not going to happen. No. Or vice versa. That's like NBC Aaron CW content. It's not going to happen. I don't even think CW Aaron. Well, they are kind of. But it's the small <laughs> things that really, really, people need to really understand the works. Like we got guys, we have our, the ref, literally a ref. And Patreon. And he's right. How easy everyone falls for the BS. Yes, it does. So when you want your most accurate information from the National Arena League, when they have another logo from another league's brand on there, it's not going to be the right source. It's inside the walls. If it's smoking guns, is arena football statement, People who have been in the industry for more than 24 hours who've actually done the work, we're the trusted source. So when you hear rumors and you see either myself or Zach and our personal accounts going after these people, you know there's some fishery about. And yes, I know there's stuff about people throwing like about a certain owner or this owner or that owner trying to destroy the person's name. I guarantee you they haven't dug all the way in. But then again, they only see the headline and think that's the story. That's not. But again, we have games this week. We'll be back on Friday for a game day with Darius Prince, the GOAT, a.k.a. Optimus Prime. Um, there's more nicknames for the dude. The, the guy doesn't need any more nicknames. No. He's a GOAT. <laughs> but overall, 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 great action in Week 13. The BS is just BS. I just love when they start it because I love when they fall down and block. Then they close their page down, then announce that they're retiring, then just relaunch as a different page and block us again. I love the circle of the consistency. But then again, I'm not the person that posts clowns on my uh, web page. I'm again, I'm not the person that posts uh, pictures of other people's articles and uses them as their own and put some filter on it. We're the source of National Arena Legal News, not the other guys. Am I being very feisty there, Zach? I think I am. I don't care. I don't care. Smidge. Don't use my stuff or the National Arena League stuff and claim it's yours. Again, I digress. But anyways, I'm done. I know I got listeners in Jacksonville. I I know you got David Gilbert, Justin Renfro that listened. We had Mike Quarta, Tech East Firewater Restoration. <laughs> he sponsors everything apparently everywhere in the league. So uh, I guarantee Levesque popped in. I don't. He usually pops in a lot of our streams. Uh, but of course, the owners, referee, and we have a fan, uh, arena football fan that always comes in. I think his uh, Albany defense kid. Mm-hmm. No longer have a team in Albany, but he's a passionate follower of ours appreciate but, it yeah g- kudos to the folks in albany that still follow us on here yes. 
even though again we you your team will be missed it, it is great to still have folks that you know are following along with the action right now so uh been hey i mean hey you see in the times union hearing reports of rumblings too so we'll see where that goes for you guys um but yeah i mean that's got to be coming up sooner rather than later catch that later this year we don't know anything about that in terms of like nal all we know is that we're following what the times union has so you know bob belbert making decisions that's all we know we'll see who comes out on top there and what league it is if it is an nal team hey we'd welcome you back we'd love to have albany back in the community man like just just being honest that would be that would make my day if that if that headline came across on my on my facebook feed on my google search feed i i'd be ecstatic just letting you know so i'm we'll see we'll, we'll see i i'm hope we'll, you never know and there are current players in the league that will love to go back to albany if that there's too. a team so uh remember they those players love that city they didn't leave because they wanted to they were forced out and they still have a they have still have a place in their heart for that city Albany has a great fan base and I wish they'll get a team again. That'd be awesome to cover Albany again. But then again, this, this expansion season is always this time of year. It seems like uh, every many years you've listened to our show or many other shows. Um, it's, this is a time of year when rumblings happen, but again, we have no idea. We know there's rumblings, but we have no certain confirmation on what it is or who it is or what team or what organization, or even if it is expansion, I don't know. I just know that there's rumblings. I can't get confirmation, but the person has been telling me this. I'm very confident in he, he's not done me wrong yet. And all, all this, and trust me, it's one of the sources that the other people don't have. Uh, it, my source is really legit. Um, and it, I could cross reference it before other people. And they also agree with it too. So uh, yeah, again, I don't know I'm, when it happens. I don't know when it's going to. I just know there's rumblings in this time of year. Like you mentioned, it could be the championship game. So it'd be if it's a championship game, we still got to wait six, seven weeks. But we do have a term in our in the NAL, especially of our some of the pages. Hashtag next week. So hashtag next week and hashtag still here. And still here, baby. We'll be here tomorrow. We'll be here Thursday, and we'll be here Friday. For NAL game day, the breakdown, the game of the week, Jacksonville Sharks and the Orlando uh, Predators, and also the round three of Cobras and West Texas and Odessa, where Top Gunner gets his chance to uh, flex his 4th of July muscles, where he was pretty active today on social media. So um, with that, I hopefully I settled a lot of the disputes that need to be settled from this past weekend. And hopefully you guys, you know, remember who the sources are. Um, I love, appreciate all you guys, mad respect with all you guys. I met with a couple of them earlier this year in Jacksonville. If I'm in Orlando Saturday, don't know yet. Things, schedules will be kind of weird. If I'm in Orlando, uh, hopefully I get to meet some of the Orlando fans down there. And if I'm there, I'm on a mission to go talk to Bain. Uh, that's my goal. There if I go, go. Down there Orlando, you I'm go. go to Bain. That's my mission. By the way, did you see his drip he had? For that yeah. game, that where does he like, get the, that? The 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 jack. <laughs> I love the jacks. The jack buttoned up T-shirt. Where that's weird than them. I swear. Where did he get oh, that? I swear. Like, I need to know. I need to know whose supplier is. I need something like that in my life. 
I do. I'm serious. Yeah. I have a, like you might have seen. I mean, you you probably have. I don't know how many people on here also watch my USFL stuff. But like I got that Panthers button up one that I got. Yes, and it kind of reminded me of that. I love stuff like that. I I need to hit them up. I need to know. Does it is that my size? Where do I get that? I want that. No one, Bane. That. He has a connection with somebody. I guarantee it. Just <laughs> saying. Um, but again, if you're in Orlando and if I'm down there, watch our Twitter account. I'll be there. Hopefully I get to meet some of the guys, especially for the Orlando side of things. And of course that bus trip, if you're a Jacksonville shark fan, listen right now, I think the bus tickets are still available. I think they're doing the third bus right now to, um, Amway arena, be Amway, wild. Amway center. So can't beat it. It goes with, it comes with a ticket and you don't have to drive. You just got to sit in the bus. So that'll be something that'd be pretty entertaining if you have a chance to do that. So, yeah, um, that's the game of the week. Uh, Orlando or Jacksonville at Orlando. We will have Darius Prince on because uh, we were supposed to have him last week. Uh, schedules and this week he'll be available. We'll have the GOAT Darius Prince on Friday. And, of course, any breaking news that happens in the National Arena League, we will be the first to let you guys know. We might do an emergency live stream or show for it if any type of news happens, because we're in that time of season. It's same like last year when Fayetteville was announced. I want to say Fayetteville was announced almost three weeks before the playoffs even started last year. And then West Texas was announced at the championship game. Uh, so we're in, we're entering the season again, a lot of buzz around the air. No, the NAL is not folding. So if you're an NAL fan, hashtag still here, it's going to be trending for us. Um, a lot of our statements here and it's just, yeah, if it's just firing shots at the other networks, they know, Hey, go ahead. Hmm. I don't care. I'm firing shots because we're tired of being the ones defensive. We're going to be on the offensive now. So yeah. Right. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, it's been an hour, 30 minutes or close an hour, 30 minutes of July 4th. Happy 4th of July to everybody, to the people that interacted with us in the chat. Really appreciate it, Kaoris, uh, Gary Voigt, Defense Kid, Brandon Larson. Who else are we are here? Uh, Duncan. Obviously Duncan's on. Or do yeah, Duncan's on here. Yeah, you, you had a friend. Oh, was it uh, Voigt? Is that your? It seems like a colleague from your other podcast. Oh yeah, no, that's uh, that's V uh, V O backslash or V backslash O Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's on our uh, on the Pro Football Newsroom Discord, and he follows mm-hmm. the USFL podcast. So it's good to see him jump on. He's jumped on for stuff before. Um, got Chris Va- Vias, mm-hmm. who we have seen just started up the uh, official Cobras show so i want to give him a shout out you know pretty good good content right there too yeah good to see more nal centric shows out there um and we always recommended you know the teams if they can do not just a show but a coach's show because he he has james fuller on consistently his last show had malik henry if i believe right Mm -hmm. as well so good stuff i love hearing content like that keep building that up helps build your base also uh shout out to our patreon we have bob gary voy uh, who else we got? Uh, not Gary Voigt. Sorry, that's an actor. <laughs> you mean Gary Vaught. <laughs> Gary Vaught. There you go. Uh, also, uh, Philip Higabottom from the Smoking Guns podcast. Again, our Patreon is easy to find. It's Patreon slash Inside the Walls Plus. You'll have additional coverage of David Gilbert and uh, Justin Renfro. Going to get them on the show, or I'll be talking to them and get them on the show. Um, 
and we're going to be talking about it's maybe going to be more of a shark centric type of show. Uh, David has something that he wants to present uh, to the show Ooh. and to uh, to the fans. So that's on Patreon. It will be released on YouTube as well, but it's going to be strictly on Patreon to start, and then it'll be on YouTube too. So that's extra content coming this week uh, for Inside the Walls Podcast Plus and Walls Paul Plus. And also, again, Darius Prince on Friday show. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, Zach, lead us to the uh, dark side. Really? No. <laughs> lead us to the closing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think that I think that about bids farewell. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your 4th of July, whether it is uh, get fireworks going on now, whether they're kicking off in just a little bit. Um, enjoy the last of your barbecue and uh, celebrating a little bit of Independence Day, friends, family, or whatever way you like to do it. Um, without further ado, I'm Zach. He's Jim. Remember one final thing as we lead into saying that, hey, we're still here and we're going to be going even better than ever moving into next year. Remember one thing. Don't be a jack out of the box. Catch you later this week. Darius Prince, episode 117, NAL Game Day Week 14. Going to be a blast. Going to have plenty of more exciting football as we have the playoff push coming even sooner just down the stretch. Only four weeks of football left. That's all we got. Four weeks. Buckle up, baby. See you next time. Yeah. Let's go. I got a vision I see in my head, a melody buried deep into my soul. They call us crazy, we cutting the edge, unlocking the future and letting it go. This is a calling that's higher the time we decided our stories are gonna be told. This is what legends are born, we paving the road, a future that favors the foe. Break the rules, break the laws, this is the moment we change it all. Break the rules, break the laws, this is the moment we change it all. Yeah, greatness, yeah, it feels like greatness. Woo! Greatness, yeah, it feels like greatness. Legendary in the making. Reach out and we take it. Not to emerge, we on the verge, and it feels like yeah. greatness. Covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Murnier.